just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. It's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year to think that we're going to beat the shit. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. We have, we actually have an ad read this week. We're presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet $5 on any college basketball game and automatically win $200 in free bets by using code BOOT. That's DraftKings Sportsbook. Sportsbook, you know, or you could be like me and live in California, a state where the voters voted down legal gambling. So thanks a lot, guys. Uh, I'm Jacob Krasno, alongside my trusty co-host, Sean Haspel. And this week, uh, we're joined by our first ever real guest. The, the, oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I feel honored. <laughs> well, we had our dads on uh, a couple times. They're always, and my they're, wife. Yes, and my Sean's wife, wife Caroline. Uh, so uh, we're here with Ralph Marlboro, the godfather of the Saints podcast community, <laughs> host, so old. creator, so old. founder of Saints Happy Hour. Ralph, how are you? Uh, I'm good, Jacob. You know, you make me feel you make me feel old. Um, I think the thing with podcasting is like we just like stumbled into it in like 2008. We were like we did it on this thing called Blog Talk Radio, and then we found Podbean and we started doing it on Podbean, and we just we just started doing it. And and the thing is. The thing is, people people always ask me. They're like, "How how do you what what advice do you give me if I'm a, if you're gonna I'm gonna be a Saints podcaster and this and that?" And the only advice I give them is like, "Are you willing to do a Saints podcast when they're four and eight? Are you willing? Because if you're not, <laughs> like, you're gonna like fade out and it's not gonna it's not gonna become anything. Like we started in like 08, right? Or 07, 08. I forget now. It's so long ago. But like it was 79. And then they won the Super Bowl and then they had the, the run. But like, you know, 2012, 2014, 15, 16, like it was a grind. And they had a points where they're like four and eight, four and nine, like, and they finish up, you know, and we just kept on doing it. And people always ask me like, when did you realize that it was going to like, you had something? And I was like, you know, when I realized we had something, we had a stretch and you probably all know this because you listened to the show as we were talking pregame. When I knew that we had something special was we went through a stretch. I want to say it must've been like 2014, 15, maybe even 16. I don't remember exactly when, but our audio was so bad. It was it was horrible. Like we were doing, <laughs> we were running Skype and I'm running it all. And we just had weeks where like, probably like we had a stretch of like three months where like a quarter of the shows just like weren't usable. Like it, <laughs> it wasn't usable. And like, the, the and you're probably saying like, well, how did you know that you were going to be good then? How did you know you had something special? I knew I had something special because I probably had like 20 listeners reach out to me. And was like, your pot, your audio is horrible. Let me help you. Instead of like just being like, this podcast is yeah. stupid, silly Saints podcast that I listen to. They can't get their audio together. There's 9,000 other podcasts. I'll just listen to another one. But no, people were like DMing me on Twitter. 
sending me emails being like, I'll help you. I know audio. I'll help you. And like, we had people like Matt and John, like these, I can name like four or five people that like sat with me. Jake from uh famous Pelicans guy. He sat with me for an hour, just like trying to fix my audio out of the goodness of his heart. Like these people, like they tried to help us. And it, I, I was like, my God, these people, they love this podcast so much. They just won't let it die. They, they're they sticking with us through bad audio. But that's if you want to know like the short story of Saints Happy Hour, that's it. <laughs> I think if we if we had like horrible technical issues, we would just vanish into the abyss. You know, our our one listener, uh, <laughs> my my dad would probably just uh, tune out and he'd just probably be like, "I'll call you on the phone." Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. The, the thing is, though, also with our podcast is the thing that makes it special is it's our time together. Like it, it's right. the time of week where I get to talk to Kevin and I get to talk to Andrew and I get yeah. to talk to Dave and I get to talk to Thomas for like an hour, 90 minutes, sometimes two hours. So like we trudged through it. Cause we just like hanging out with each other. And like, they were annoyed with the audio that it wasn't working, but they we just like, we like hanging out together. You know, like I always like Dave on the show, he always yells at Thomas. He's like, don't stop recording. Cause sometimes we'll do the show and we'll talk for like 40 minutes afterwards about this like family nonsense, just like bullshit. And I think maybe we should give that to people because people feel <laughs> people really feel like they feel like they know us and they kind of do. Like, I, I feel like that's the thing that like, like your takes on the saints, like they're good and all this, but like people, they want to feel like they know you as a person and like i yeah. feel like radio and all these people that do sports like that's the thing that makes them special you they you know the thing that i love about sports now is like this whole thing of like i'm neutral and i'm unbiased and i don't root for teams then like that's out the window like the mina kind who i love like she's great and she's like i'm a ridiculous seahawk fan like i live yeah. and die with the seahawks yeah. And like, just because she says that, we don't say, oh, all your takes are terrible. Like, we're just like, no, she just like lives and dies with the Seahawks. And I think it's great that like we, we've we ripped down that window in the last like, what, like 10 years maybe? Where it's like, it's okay to be like, hey, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm Stephen A. Smith and I'm a crazy Knicks fan and I hate them. Because they they they're a horrible run organization and they're terrible and I hate them. Like, and, and it's fun that people do that now. And I think that's what people want. Like, I think, I think people want, if they're going to listen to you and care about your content, like they have to know that you are invested in it. And I think, right. I guess like they, yeah. know, like, we, we love the saints too much. Even if they don't love us back, we, yeah, we, we can't go anywhere. Yeah. It's, uh, it can be very painful sometimes, but yeah, like to your point, you know, like you want to humanize, you know, the people yep. that you listen to and you want to be part of a community. And that's kind of like what our mm -hmm. podcast is about is like mm -hmm. discussing, you know, what this team means to us and how it sort of like brought our friend group together and like kept people in touch mm -hmm. over the years. And I have to say, uh, one of my favorite things about your podcast, Saints Happy Hour, is I can't get enough of Kevin's love updates. I, <laughs> it's yeah, very divisive. It's very divisive. Part divisive? Of Who doesn't it like is. it? They, it's like about 35, 40% of the people don't like them, but I oh love them. I love them because we get to endlessly make fun. Like 
I love him. Like he, like I want him to be so happy. Like I want him to meet the right woman. And the fact that he's on this journey and just like tells us all about it, it is incredible. And you know, the fact that now Thomas has the Kevin Love graphic where Kevin Love is dancing. If you watch our video <laughs> version, it just takes it to an entirely different level. We did a live show at Port Orleans, and yeah. one of the things we didn't get done, we couldn't get it, we couldn't get it figured out. We couldn't get him hired. We wanted to have a violin player <laughs> in the audience, and when the Kevin Love update would start, she would just start to play. And no. like play the violin, oh but it didn't. It didn't work out, and it made me so sad. Did, and did you Kevin... talk about the worst, the worst audio we've ever had. <laughs> and it, but like we tried to tape the live show just on two different channels, two different complete and utter like chaos, like the worst audio we ever had. Which did did Kevin ever find out that you'd planned that stunt? Uh, yeah, he knew. He knew. Okay. We, we were like, we're gonna do it. He's like, that's he. He, he approved it. it. It was. We just. We couldn't. We couldn't. We couldn't get the violin. Like the violin players. Like their schedules didn't work out. Oh man, um, I know we joke about only having one listener, but we do have some listeners. And for those of them, for those of you that like have never listened to Saints Happy Hour, well, number one, you should, and number two, if you don't know. Kevin is one of Ralph's friends right. who is divorced and is dating. Uh, yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, it always, it, 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 it's like a sitcom. There's always like some, it is. And he's paper. like at the new, like I'm old, I'm 47. Right. So I like, I met my wife on match.com, but match.com is like, is like the model T of like <laughs> dating internet. Yeah. Right. So like I don't know like he's like I'm on Bumble I'm on this I'm on I'm on T and T and Scone I don't know like all these sites he's on and he's like I'm he's just taking scone? a break is that like, I, like how you meet British socialites I don't know <laughs> but like the 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 bit that is the funniest now is just the excuses that these women give when they have to cancel. Oh. They're like, I got pneumonia. I got this. I got, I got the flu. My car ran me. Over. I backed my, I backed <laughs> yeah. myself over the car. Like, it's just the most ridiculous things. And like, I don't know. Cause I, I, I've been married for, I don't know, fourteen years. And so like, I don't know anything about dating. You know, so like, I don't know how it works in in twenty twenty three for dating. So like, is is that what they do? Like, it used to be they'd be like, oh, I gotta wash my hair. My my sister's sick. Like, it was like three like go to excuses. Then, but I don't know what they do now. Um, I'll tell you what. Like, I'd I'd rather be dead than have to date again. Like, I'm <laughs> completely completely out of it. I'm un I'm undateable in every in every way. Oh, Ralph, you're too hard yeah. on yourself. Yeah. Um, I definitely sympathize with, with Kevin as a single man. Uh, but I live in LA where it's just like a jungle. Oh my God. Uh, you know, everyone is on the dating apps. I usually, I try to stay off of them, but every now and then I'll have a moment of weakness and download them and go on a few dates that I know will feel <laughs> like job interviews. I, I don't know if I have any like uh, really insane excuses I've been given for people that have flaked, but there was one, I actually didn't, I met this person in real life, but I was walking with her on the beach and a bird shat on my face. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. That one, that was brutal. And I knew it wasn't going to work out when I laughed and she didn't. Oh yeah. 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 I, I mean, I lived in Orange County 
for like two years. Oh, really? And, and I, yeah, I worked at the Orange County Register. Oh, nice. And uh, I remember Jacob when I was when I was trying to date out there. I went on some strange date, but the thing that I was really weird about like dating people from LA, not so much Orange County, but like if you, if I would date people, they'd be like, Oh, I live in LA or whatever. The thing that was weird, I'd be like, yeah, I work at the Orange County register. I run their inter- this new interactive high school site. They have, that's really cool. We get the parents involved. We do all this. I'm in, I'm in charge of it. We've built it from the ground up and blah, blah, blah. And they'd be like, yeah, I know that's, that's your job, but what do you do? What are you trying to be in LA? What are you trying to do? And I'd be like, no, that's what I do. They they hired me from Louisiana, and I I run their site. I built it from the ground. Like this, that's like what I do. Like I'm a I'm, I'm a web person, and they're like, no, I like that's not really good. I'm and, and it would be weird to talk to these people that like aspiring. They want to be in Hollywood or whatever, right? And I was just like, I'm just a web guy. You know, that's what I want to do. Yeah, and, it's it's and it's I could see guess. them just like just like completely be like, this dude is a loser. <laughs> he doesn't have a screen. He doesn't have a screenplay he's working on or some shit. He's not going on auditions for commercials. <laughs> yeah, I usually don't tell people about my screenplays. I feel like their <laughs> eyes just glaze over. <laughs> they don't want to hear about it. Um all right. Should we actually talk about We should. I was gonna say I have Tom I have I have Thomas in my ear. Like Ralph, talk about the Saints. The fir- the, the first they have people listening to the podcast that have never heard the podcast before, and they want <laughs> you to talk about the Saints, and you've spent 20 minutes talking about beer and what Kevin ate for breakfast. It's not good. Hey, speaking <laughs> of things every week, every week <laughs> wisdom. You know, I, speaking of things that Kevin consumes, I I have had throat coat. Oh, uh, for those of you, is that who, a real thing or did he it make is, that up? Yeah, it's an organic tea, and it's it it's you know it's like a throat lozenge in a tea bag. Uh, it's very it's good stuff, but yeah, they probably could have uh, thought of a better name for that. I don't know, or or they couldn't, or oh, they yeah. either could have thought of a, thought of a better name, or they thought of the best name ever. So yeah, some some marketing person for Yogi T saw that his idea got approved and was like, "Are you fucking kidding me? They went for this." <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the last thing before we start talking about the Saints is we did, Andrew did a thing one time. He texted us before the show. He's like, "I'm gonna say, I'm just gonna say, I'm not gonna be mean to Kevin because somebody told him that he was too mean to Kevin. So oh. he's like, I'm just gonna be nice to Kevin all show." And like 30 seconds in, Kevin's like, what is this bullshit? <laughs> Juge, what is this bullshit? You, why are you being nice to me? What is this bullshit? Like, didn't even like he didn't even get like two compliments in. Kevin just like sniffed it out. Like, what is this? This, this is bullshit. So <laughs> um, but it, like I I like the like this show that we're having now, like I like this ridiculousness of the podcast. I I I, I like podcasts. There, I don't know like what is real and what isn't. Like, like Dan Lebitard is my sort of like North Star yeah. of like what I want to be because you don't know. For people that don't listen to Dan Lebitard, they won't get this at all. But he, they have all these people on the show, and like Stu Gotts, they'd say, "Does he lie all the time?" And they go through all his lies that he tells, and like they seem mad at him, but they love him. So like, is it real? Does he lie all the time like that? Do all these people, do they do all these things? And you like, don't know like what's real and what's not in their personal relationships. And I just, 
I love it. Like it's and, and he they intentionally do it that way. Um, and the thing is, it makes it kind of harder because like if you just drop into that show, you just like, what is going? I don't understand this at, at all. They're doing 45 minutes on Stugat's not showing up and smoking a cigarette instead. And they're all yelling at him. And it's the biggest sports day of the year. We have these three sports stories going on and they're supposed to be a sports podcast. And they're not even fucking talking about any of it. They're talking about Stu God smoking a cigarette in someone's driveway, changing his clothes. So like it's a, it's, it's a, it's a weird thing, but that's, that's what I, that's what I aspire to be. That's what I, (laughs) that's what I enjoy. See, people are like, we just want to hear about Derek Carr. We just want to hear about Derek Carr, and you haven't said it a word. So I don't want to drive. I don't want to drive listeners away from y'all's show as we go off the beaten path. No, there's not too many to drive away. You know, <laughs> um, I'm I'm impressed you haven't called him David Carr yet. I know. I, I uh, listen, man. I think it's gonna happen, Jacob. So I'm like, I'm training my brain. <laughs> like, I think it's gonna happen. Like, I I really think. It's close, like, and not to, we don't, I'm not going to break news and, 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 but our podcast, we do have sources. The saints feel good about where they are. Sure. And and the sense of it I get is, is that unless the jets panic because they don't get Aaron Rodgers, like unless they panic and like swoop in and like pay him ridiculous money, like he's going to be a saint. Like, I think it's going to happen next week. And like, whether you like it or whether you don't, you have to come to grips with it, but I think, I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, I think Sean and I are kind of of the mind that like Carr is sort of the, the best, most reasonable option for the team. Um, and, uh, if you don't agree with that, then you're probably crazy. Well, I think, I think here's the, th- here's the thing. And this, I'll go on a rant and I'm sorry, Sean, I'm sorry, Sean and Jacob, but I, I'll go on a rant. In that, and I fight with people on Twitter. I fight with Saints fans, and I fight with national people. That if some of them have blocked me, whatever. But yeah. I believe tanking is immoral. Yes, I believe tanking yeah. is. I believe tanking tanking is immoral, and here's why: the Bears spent in actual cash dollars last year fewer than any team in the NFL. They spent roughly ninety million dollars less than the Saints. Right? Who got that money? The Bears owners. They didn't give. Fans a discount on season tickets. They just pocketed the fucking money, right? And they're the third biggest market in America. And I know, well, they're building for something sustainable and long-term. Fuck all that. Try to win. And I get, like, if you get, if if you try to win, try to win, try to win, and it falls off a cliff, and you're three and, and I get it. Like, hey, then you're like, hey, we're three and 13. We got to clean this mess up. We got to build. We're nothing. We're we're we're, we're top. We're, we're drafting top three, but like up to that point, you should have been trying to win. Because here's the thing, statistically wise, seventy percent of quarterbacks since 2010 drafted in the top ten fail. Yeah. Right. So if you want to get get in the top ten and draft a franchise quarterback, that's your biz. That's your plan. Seventy percent failure rate. I'm not getting on board with a plan that fails 70% of the time. Second of all, teams that draft in the top five since 2010 
roughly 68% of those teams don't make the playoffs for five years. So drafting in the top five is like a black hole. You get sucked in. You're not going to come out for five years. So to me, fight like hell to not suck and just build from where you are. Like Derek Carr, right? This is probably best case scenario for the Saints. They get Derek Carr. They have a killer draft this year and have a killer offseason this year. Win the crappy NFC South and go like 10 and 7, 11 and 6. Do it again next year. And maybe they go 11 and 6 or 12 and 5. And then the third year, we're like, this roster is fucking loaded and Derek Carr ain't it. We're tired of going one and out in the playoffs. But then in that third year, you know what you do? You identify the quarterback you want, like Kansas City did. They had Alex Smith. They had this great roster, right? And they're like, we like Alex Smith. He was cool because we were terrible. We got him for a couple second-round picks. But now, like, we're going to go get Patrick Mahomes. We think Patrick Mahomes is the dude. They got him, and they just took off like a rocket ship. Now, the Saints may do that and pick EJ Manuel, right? Remember him? They picked him, and he was a bust, and it might not work out. But, like, build from where you are is my point. Like, try try to win. And, like – Tanking is so it, – it's there's no doubt. Like all these people that are pro-tanking, Barnwell and Robert Mays, who Robert Mays I really like, Barnwell I don't really like, but like Barnwell, Mays and Mina Kynes and all these standards, they can give you stats. Sean, they'll give you stats out of the ass, right? EPA per play, run stuff, yards after contact. And they'll, they'll give you graphs and stats and all of it out of the ass. To prove their point because they're smart football people. But you know what? Ask them, give me some data on tanking. Like if you if you if you if you if you purposely tank, like what's your odds of success? What does it yeah. work? They're like, I don't know. But 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 being mediocre isn't any good. Like there's no there's no data model that supports tanking in any shape or form. The only thing they can say is, well, drafting is a 50% process. Pro- proposition so get as many picks as you can trade down instead of trade up that's the only statistical thing they have that's in right. their favor but you know what the saints could the saints they, they're never going to do that but if they no, got never if mickey loomis if the b loomis had his body taken over by kevin he could trade down and get a bunch of picks this year it wouldn't stop him but that's why in the end like that's why i'm for Derek carr because i want to win i want the saints to be competitive and like my thing is if Derek Carr leads them to – if he's here for five years, let's say, and he goes to three playoffs and they don't win any playoff games, like, I'll be mad. But, like, to me, what I care about most for Saints football is I want 18 weeks of fun. Yes, and absolutely. Like, I'm not willing to stomach horrible for something that might be good on the other end. Like. Yeah. I'll just stay in like mediocrity and try to bust out of the mediocrity to get to there than be horrible. Because I'm telling you, as an old person, all you youngins, you, you, if you, <laughs> if you haven't watched the Saints pre-2000, you don't know. And last year, the Saints are kind of lucky because the NFC South was dreadful. They really should have been out of it by like mid of, middle of October, but they yeah. weren't because the NFC South was terrible. But I'm telling you, there is nothing worse than if you love the Saints and you love football and you're like, fucking A, it's Halloween and we're done. 
and I'm yeah. looking at mock drafts and cap space, and it there's nothing worse because we wait, we wait all year for it, right? Yeah. We wait all year for this shit, Sean, right? We 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 want it, we're counting it down, and then it's like, oh shit, they're one and six. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, and you're like, oh, we're gonna fire the coach out the cannon. We're gonna do it again. We're gonna get a new coach. Like, like it's like it's horrible. And this idea that like being mediocre is bad. It's bad. It's not fun. But like, give me that any day over the Texans or like the Bears. Like, you think the Bears are set up for success? What if the Bears? What if Justin Fields not any good? Which I don't think he is. Like, I think he's not. He's never going to be good enough throwing the ball. So, like, what if they pass on all these quarterbacks? And they draft, they trade down and they draft Will Anderson. But like in four years, they're still like six and eleven. They're like, we still need a quarterback. Oh, was it was was the tanking? Did it work? Was it worth it, Bears fans? Like, I just I, tanking is immoral. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the whole concept of tanking in the NFL, I feel like it kind of bubbled up among the smart knowers of football in maybe the last decade or so. Yeah. But I mean, so you're an Astros fan and tanking in baseball has some precedent. Yeah, but here's the here's the thing. Yes. If you look at if you look at the Astros from like 20,000 feet, Sean, yeah. you'll be like, "Oh, tanking, it worked, man. They lost right. 100 games 4 years in a row and it worked." Here's a little thing about the Astros and I'll just give you one example of like the Astros like their whole dynasty is like built on luck, right? Yeah. They had the number one pick three years in a row. They drafted this guy, Brady Aiken, number one. They drafted him. And weird thing about college, college, uh, the, the baseball draft is you can't do the physicals before you draft them. Right? So you draft, weird. it's so weird. That is That blows my mind. So they draft this dude. They do the physical. They offered him $5 million. They did the physical on him. And the Astros doctors are like, this dude's ACL is a fucking time bomb. It's going to go. And the Astros are like, dude, we're not giving you $8 million anymore. We'll give you five. And Brady Aiken was like, fuck all that. I'm not taking five. I want eight. I'm going back in the draft. So he went back in the draft. And because he went back in the draft, the Astros the next year, they had the second and fourth pick. They picked uh, Alex Bregman. And they picked... Kyle Tucker. You can say they're geniuses for picking those two, but you know what? If Aiken had just said, I'm cool with $5 million. My ACL is about to blow out. I'm taking the $5 million. If he'd have done it, a core of their championships wouldn't be there. So, like, yes, the tanking kind of worked, but it didn't really – like, it was partially tanking, but it was partially, like, their analytics people are just so smart, and they, right. they get these older – uh, foreign players, Dominican, they, they, they draft these pitchers that are older, that teams don't want the Astros. Like, cool, if he's 2021, 20, he lied on his birth certificate, we don't care because if he's good, we'll get a bunch of good years out of him and then we won't re-sign him when he's older, whatever. So, like, the tanking, like, part it partially worked for the Astros, but mostly it was a combination of being really good and luck. Yeah. And, like, that's the thing with the NFL. Like, it's, it's, like, these quarterbacks, man, it's, Who's going to be good of these right. five, these four quarterbacks that are going to be taken in the top ten? Who's going to be good? The, yeah. the, whole, the whole Anthony Richardson discourse is like it's like playing Russian roulette, honestly. Yeah, and I, I don't even know what to make of it. Dude, somebody's going to somebody's going to take him in the top ten, 
And there's going to be a coach that's either going to win like three Lombardies or they're going to get fired in like two years. Yeah, nothing you know, in between. Like like Atlanta, it would be terrifying because the running game with him and Arthur Smith, it would be just, I think it would be incredible. But like I could also see a thing in like two years, Atlanta's like, yo, Arthur Smith, you've gone 6-11 and 11 and 7-10, and 10, and yeah, Anthony Richard ran for 1,000 yards both years, but he missed yeah. four games because he was hurt. And he's throwing at 56% completions and he had 20 picks. Like, and you're getting fired. So, like, or like we could be like, I hate Anthony Richards. This is gonna be the worst decade of our lives, right? So, like, or Will Levis, like I read on Twitter, the dude is like definitely afraid of milk. Like, that would be is is that real? That, that, it was from a blue check mark. I want it to be real. <laughs> I that's so funny. And he's also a guy who puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Well, maybe he puts mayonnaise in his coffee because he's definitely afraid of milk and creamer. That's but probably like, it. If well, he... I, I, Sean puts ketchup in his ice cream. So I, I don't whoa, know. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That is an <laughs> apocryphal story. That, there, that well, never happened. I, I will say this. I've heard that Carolina loves Will Levis. Will Levis. I've heard that from pretty decent sources. Yeah. And and like, like to me, the interesting thing about the NFCs, and I want to hear you guys' opinion. Like the NFC South to me is so interesting because you have the Saints who are like, we're going all in with Derek Carr, baby. We are going to get the fifteenth best quarterback in the NFL, and we're going for it. And then you have Carolina, who's like probably tired of the veteran quarterback roller coaster, right? Yeah. So they're going to trade up. And Tampa's just like white flag. And they're just like, we're done. We got our Super Bowl. We'll see you in 2033. We'll be relevant then. But yeah. we're like, we're, we're tank. We're going to we'll go with Trask. We're just, we're taking all the cap. We're taking all our cap charges. We're, we're, we're paying off the thing. We're, we're going to suck. We'll see you in 10 years. And then Atlanta, like, what are they going to do? Like, they say they like Ritter, but like, come on. Like, do you really believe that? Eh, I mean, maybe. But like I could see Carolina, I could see Carolina and Atlanta, maybe both doing something on draft day to get a quarterback. But it's gonna be like this draft day is gonna be bonkers because you got so many teams needing a quarterback. And like, and what happens if like G, you know, like Seattle, like could they pick a quarterback? You know, like I think with Anthony Richardson, if I was Detroit or I was Seattle. I would 100% roll the dice on him because you're never going to be this high again. And like, if you hit and you're Detroit, like you can run the central for a, a decade. Right. Yeah. But if you miss, Hey, you got another first round pick. You still building great. You maybe you have a good draft and I don't think people will kill you in like two or three years. If you still with golf and you're still trying to, you know, cause Detroit, if they're making the playoffs and they're winning seasons, their fans are going to be like, this is awesome. Like we're winning. Like we never win. Like yeah. we're yeah. Yeah. Going out for going one and done in the playoffs sucks. But like, eh, we, we rolled the dice for Anthony Richardson. Eh, it's okay. Like, I could see like Dan Campbell keeping his job, but like these other teams in the top 10 guys, woo, 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 woo. Anthony Richardson, he gets you like Josh Allen's going to get so many people fired. Cause that yeah. dude is, he, he's just like, he's like a unicorn and they like fixed him. And like, now everybody's like, we'll right. Fix, we'll fix him. Just like Josh Allen. No, you won't. I know you won't. When, he, when, when Josh Allen was coming out of college into the draft, I would have bet 
my mortgage that terrible gonna be a bust that like i mean just like just uh the the next carson wins like the guy is like cloned in a lab from like all like bill pullian's like pseudo erotic quarterback fantasies but it just wasn't there like no. he was not good at wyoming and but he's obviously become what he's become even even his first playoff game right and you were like, I was like, come, they made the playoffs. I was like, but this dude, like, come on, like, yeah, he's like, he's he, he he's not even really that accurate. And in like pressure situations, not only does he panic, he makes like horrifically like not even like bad decisions, like complete like panic decisions. Like yeah. he's in a ball crying, and I'm like, this is not gonna work. But like he he got better, he fixed it. But it's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy. I mean. For, for I guess my question to you guys is like, what's the expectation for you? Because I'm trying to wrap my head around like, what's our expectations of 2023? Assuming you get their car, assuming the, like, what's the expectations going into 2023 for the Saints and for Dennis? I think depending on what they have at court, like it's so divergent, right? Like if you get their car and you get a good draft, they'll have all the expectations in the world. But like, Derek Carr goes to the Jets, right? And then you're like, hey, we running it back with Andy Dalton. Then we took a flyer on Hendon Hooker at 71. Then like you're like, there's like a total divergence of like expectations. And not that we, not that the Saints are tanking, right? Because they would still be trying to win, but like trying to win with Andy Dalton and like maybe he squeezes it out and we go nine and eight and we win this shitty division, you know? Whereas, like, if you have Derek Carr and B. John Robinson and Michael Thomas comes back and you got Alave and Shahid, like, that's like, hey, Dennis Allen, bro, you better get, you better go 11 and six, win this crappy division, and get me a home playoff game. Or we're putting you in the cannon and we're firing you in the Mississippi River. Yeah, I think the most, like, disturbing thing about the the 2022 season was that stretch at the end where we won three in a row and it kind of like after all the fire dennis allen discourse which you know sean and i kind of like stoked the flames a little bit um, <laughs> and the hashtag fire, fire dennis allen we like we, twitter pod they, they did it. it you know we uh you know we, we want him to succeed even though uh things didn't work out year one but I think what was so disturbing about that was that it made you think that like, you know, maybe this could work. Like <laughs> there was a stretch where I was like, okay, maybe if yeah. we have a quarterback that's like halfway decent, we'll, uh, you know, win a couple, you know, we can win 10 games with a, a guy like Derek Carr. That's, you know, not a, a neutral or minus at the position. Um, and I think, like the addition of Derek Carr would change. It changes everything. Like suddenly, you know, we are, we're the favorites and we're going to be the favorites unless and until Atlanta gets like a Lamar Jackson in a trade, which would be like a total nightmare scenario or, yeah. you know, Carolina drafts a quarterback that works out. I, I hope that some team takes Anthony Richardson really high and pushes these other guys down in the draft a little bit. Like, Richardson is someone that like I'll I'll admit this on the pod I had no idea who that was until a couple <laughs> weeks ago and like I watched college football I yeah. I watched the NFL I was like wait the guy from Florida 
like that's the guy that people are like losing their minds over it's great i mean he he's dynamic but like i I never looked at him and was like wow right like his physical skills are great but like man you complete 53 percent of your and, and it's not like it isn't like he had terrible coaching at florida right you know dan mullen billy navy like those are good right. coaches, good offensive coaches so i just like i at least with will levis from kentucky like lat not this pat not in 2022 but in 2021 like kentucky was good they had a really good offensive line they had a really nice skill position player and like they won 10 games and he was really good this year he threw a lot of picks he was kind of hurt they were kind of trash, but like a lot of his picks, like when you look at them, you're like, eh, it's like I can see like Will Levis, like I get it. Like he's got pedigree, he's got success at Kentucky. I get why a team would be like, he's a guy. We're gonna pick him, we're gonna fit with some of his issues. We can fix like Anthony Richardson. Like, I just man, oh man, you have to be an arrogant son of a bitch to pick in the top five, to pick in the top 10. And like not be like Pete Carroll or like Dan Campbell, where like you don't have job security and you're like, we're, we're that's the dude, and I'm gonna fix him. And it might take two years, but I'm gonna do it, and he's gonna be awesome, and we're gonna win a bunch of trophies. Like that, like that takes incredible amount of arrogance, and like good luck. I I hope somebody in the NFC South does it. I really do. Yeah. Um I saw this tweet that was like a it's it's this play that Anthony Richardson made against LSU and it keeps making the rounds where he he had like a 60 yard touchdown run and it's kind of being talked about as like you know like this is like this is what this guy can do in the NFL but to me it's like very obvious that some of the LSU defenders just like weren't trying they're like alligator arming (laughs) and kind of like falling down at his feet it's really like not an impressive play at all um and yeah here's to hoping that (laughs) the falcons draft him and he's terrible i mean it's gonna be great you know the thing that's so funny about the nfc south too is is back to dennis allen is like the coaches in the nfc south Frank Reich, yeah, he built this staff with with Tepper's money and everybody's excited. But, like, Frank Reich, like, I never was like, wow, that guy, he's really killing it in in Indianapolis. Like, wow, he's running running imaginative stuff. And, like, Todd Bowles, like, he might be – he's even worse at, like, fourth down decisions and, like, in-game management than Dennis Allen. And Dennis Allen's terrible. (laughs) And Bowles is, like, worse. Um, So, like, he's – and, like, Arthur Smith – is like his defense is atrocious, and I know Saints Twitter doesn't think so, but he made a bad hire with Ryan Nielsen. Like, <laughs> like Ryan Nielsen, yeah. like the Saints kind of pushed him and Chris Richards like out the door yeah. because they didn't get along with Dennis Allen and they didn't run the. I, I think they made a bad hire with Ryan yeah. Nielsen, and I don't think I don't like to me, Arthur Smith. Like you're going into year three, buddy. You hired a guy to fix your atrocious defense. He's not a coordinator. That's never been a coordinator. And here's the thing. Like, Sean Payton, he had a lot of rope, right? Because he won us a Super Bowl. So we let him cycle through defensive coordinators. But say what you want about the guys he hired, Spagnuolo. Like, they had done it and done it well at certain places. And even Dennis Allen, 
He had been with the Saints. He went to Denver. He got the job in Oakland because of what he did in Denver. He came back with the Saints. It took a little while, but he got it going. Like, man, if Ryan Nielsen goes bad, and like, let's say, like, you know, because we talk, we always focus on like head coaches, right? Like Nathaniel Hackett. We're like, that dude, he was overwhelmed from the first Monday night game. Remember, like he couldn't, he couldn't manage the clock. He's like, oh, we did it right. So you, you could just see like, he's like a deer in headlights the first, right? But like Ryan Nielsen, like, what if he's like that running Atlanta? Like that'll get Arthur Smith fired because Atlanta's going to spend a crap. I mean, I would think they got cap space, right? They're going to spend a crap ton of money if they don't get Lamar, right? They'll spend a on defense. Like if their defense is bad again and their quarterback say like you could get Arthur Smith fired in third year. You know, Atlanta people are like, no, 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 they wouldn't fire him. I'll tell you what, man, if it goes bad and Atlanta goes seven and ten, seven and ten, four and twelve, you goddamn right they're firing Arthur Smith, especially, especially if they don't have a quarterback. Like if they and they went with Ritter or they like whatever. So, like, I think. The coaching in the NFC South from top to bottom is extremely questionable. The quarterbacks are extremely questionable. Like this, this division is so in flux. Like I, like to me, if I was another fan base, if I was Atlanta or I was Tampa, I would be furious that they're not doing better at quarterback. Like Carolina, should not be going for David Carr. Carolina should be like, we're going to get a guy in the top 10. We're going to trade up. He's going to be our guy. Whether it's Richardson, whether whoever you believe in it. Because that's because Carolina, like, this is their shot. They have a bunch of picks. They can do it. They have a nice roster. Like, build. Like, in your Frank Reich, you got some rope. Like, get your guy. Yeah. But, like, Tampa? Why aren't – Tampa, why aren't you trying to win this division again? Why are you, why are you running up the white flag yeah. and, like, rebuilding – yeah, you went back and you went to eight and nine, but like your roster's still good. Like, why aren't you going all in for Jim Derek Carr? Why aren't you chasing Jimmy Garoppolo? Why are you going with Trask? Atlanta, you're gonna go with Ritter, you know? Like, yeah, he looked okay for a month. Like, I just feel like Tampa and Atlanta, their fan bases should be outraged that they're not poking around Derek Carr. But you know what it is? It's rebuild fever. It's let's let's get let's not let's not try to win the South and be and be nine and eight and ten and seven. That's boring. That's no fun. We don't want to do that. We want to win championships way hundred miles from here. No, no, man. Just win the freaking South. Let's just win the South. Yeah. And like people tell me I don't have the people on Twitter tell me I don't have big enough dreams. I'm like, God, ah, just like I don't know. I could get hit by a bus. Like, just just win the South. Just but, win the South. That- Get a playoff game so me and my mom and my brother can go to a yeah. playoff game. Like, that'll yeah. be fun. And that's the thing about the NFL is that, like, worst to first yeah. year turnarounds happen all the time. Yeah. And with the NFL playoffs, all you need is for your, like, largely mediocre quarterback to be hot and for your yeah. defense to be playing well. And you can win a couple games. And if, like, the – Man, the I saw Jake yeah. DeLome get to a goddamn Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like – like, here's the thing. Here's the thing, too. The NFC is so trash. It's so trash. Like, Jalen Hurts, he's great. He's better than I thought he would be. Like, he's really good, right? Okay? He's good. You got him, and then you got Dak. Aaron Rodgers goes to the AFC, okay? Then who you got? You got Stafford, 
who's got a hurt arm, right? He's cooked. And then Geno Smith, one good year. Yeah. Then you had there's Derek Carr. He's top yeah. five. Like yeah. Tyler Murray's hurt. Like yeah, I mean. like there's gonna be in the next because Philadelphia, like full credit to them. Like they went to the Super Bowl, yes. but they had no injuries. No, they had the easiest goddamn schedule in the regular season I've ever seen. Yep. They had two layups to get to the Super Bowl. Like it literally played out perfect for them. Full credit. They went 14 and three. They took advantage of it all. But I guarantee you, next year, they're going to have more injuries. They're going to have a harder schedule. Things aren't going to go right. And they're going to tip, tick, tick down to 10, 11 and wins. And it's nothing against them. It's just like it went their way. And I, like I'm like, and Phil, Philadelphia fan were getting mad at me. I'm like, I'm, don't be bad. I'm not, I'm jealous. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. I would love for the saints to have 22 healthy starters all year long. And right. like only have like two guys get hurt. Like I I'm jealous of you. Like don't like, like when people tell like if the saints go 12 and five this year and win like nine, one score games. And like, they're like the saints aren't any good. They're just lucky. I'll be like, yes, I don't give a shit. Doesn't like, matter. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. Like, I don't care. Like, yes, saints in 2009 were lucky as hell to win the super bowl. And like, yeah. you know, yeah, you don't um, look at, you don't look at but uh, at the banner in the dome and it's like New Orleans Saints 2023 NFC South champions parentheses fine print they were lucky like yeah like, that's, that's right that's right but like there's gonna be so many bad quarterbacks going to the Super Bowl in the next decade in the yeah. NFC like you're gonna right. you you were gonna you almost had Purdy going to a Super Bowl right. this year if he wouldn't have got hurt maybe I don't know so like you're gonna have the loans and the flackos and like you're gonna have this quality of quarterback like to me like is it likely the saints go to the super bowl i said it no i said the likelihood is the best case scenario for Derek carr is like he's really he's he, he plays really well he's kind of like Kirk cousins plus you get to the playoffs a bunch of times and he frustrates the hell out of us like that's probably the ceiling but like there might be a scenario where like Derek Carr turns into, I'm going to say it as an old guy because he's like a one-hit wonder. Like Mark Rippon was like barely average quarterback his entire fucking career. In 1991, he was NFL MVP, and he just was lights fucking out for an entire year. Go back and look at his career before and after. It's like 1991 just sticks out. It's like, what, what, what was it? I don't know. I don't know what it was. But like maybe... Derek Carr does that. And we're like, you know, there's a, there's like a 10% chance where like you guys are like, Ralph, you got to come back on. And it's like NFC championship week. And we're just laughing. And we're like, I can't, like, I can't believe it's like Derek Carr. Like he's, he's on a heater. He's been on a heater for like <sighs> six weeks in a row. And like, he might be going back to Vegas for the Super Bowl. Like I can't like this. I can't believe this is going to happen. And we're, and we're just like waiting for it to like, crash on our heads yeah. but we're like we don't care like right. if he goes in, if if he goes into philly and throws five picks we'll be like ah whatever right. the, the fun had to end sometime but like the nfc is so bad and here's the thing like if this quarterback draft ends up not being good the nfc is gonna stay bad at quarterback yes and i yep. for one love it yes I love oh it. yeah like you were saying, like it's like, oh, the Saints get Derek Carr. Congratulations, you got the 15th best quarterback in the NFL. It's like, well, the 15th best quarterback in the NFL would just so happen to be the fifth best quarterback, quarterback in, the in the NFC, and just so happen to be the first best quarterback in the NFC South. That's so it's right. like, yeah, congratulations to us. Like, yeah, it's like, what are we talking about here? You got a glass of water. 
but I'm in the desert. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, at, I'm not at, I'm not at McDonald's where yeah. I have choices of six different fountain exactly. drinks or water or God, lemonade or nice. coffee. I'm in the desert. God damn it. <laughs> the water is amazing. Yeah. One of the things that kind of was like a bummer about last season as a whole, just like in the league, and it's probably not going to change, is that the quarterback play is pretty down. Like there isn't this, there aren't like 10 great quarterbacks like there were, you know, from like 2005 to, you know, 2019. Mm -hmm. Like there's really only like two or three that are like truly elite. And I think we just got to embrace it. There's going to yeah. be like an era of ugly football that we're going to have to. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just weird. You know, it, 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 to me, it's sort of going to be like the uh, NFC AFC of the nineties, right. Where the yeah. NFC just kicked. I mean, it would, it went, it went, I want to say more than a decade where like the NFC, like they won until John Elway won against green Bay. Like the NFC just would kick the shit out of everyone in the AFC. And it didn't matter. It was either a Hall of Fame quarterback or whoever Joe Gibbs would pull out. You know, it was whoever Joe Gibbs would pull out. He had he won with three different quarterbacks. But besides that, it was mostly like Joe Montana and Young and these guys. And the NFC is just bad. And the thing is, I guess for me, is I look at the NF the AFC and I'm like, I get that AFC teams like would like like even the Jets. I'm like the Jets, like if you can't get Aaron Rodgers, if I was the Jets, I would if Aaron Rodgers, like if he came out of his hole or whatever he was in, right? <laughs> like if he if he says, like, look, I'm going back to Green Bay or like I'm retiring, which there's no way he's retiring, I don't think, because 60 million dollars is 60 million dollars. I don't care who you are, right? But if he if they can't get Aaron Rodgers, like if I'm the Jets, I don't want Derek Carr. I'm like, I'm calling up Chicago and I'm like, Chicago, what's it gonna take? Because the Jets have had a couple of really good drafts. They had a they're 22 and a two draft was out of sight. Yeah. But like, like the, for the Jets, like Derek Carr, like yeah. Sean and Jacob, like he ain't gonna do it. So like if I'm the Jets, like I wouldn't go Anthony Richardson, but if I'm the Jets, I'm calling up the Bears and I'm like, look, Bears. Do you want three first round picks? And I'll go to number one and I'll get I'll get CJ Stroud. Because then if you're the Jets, you're like, look, yeah, CJ Stroud's young, but we gotta have a top guy that has top five potential just to compete. Because even if CJ Stroud, even if he ends up being like the seventh best quarterback in the AFC, that would make him worth like three firsts, right? So, like, I just think the dynamic is so different between the conferences in that I think there's going to be a lot of teams in the NFC that are going to lean towards more of the Saints model of we're never rebuilding, we're always going to chase, because it's going to be so close, right? It's always going to be like, oh, it's right there, man. We could, And and let me tell you something. It would be, it'd be good for all you guys and good for me, right, content-wise for the Saints, right, if the podcast – for the podcast, if the Saints – they, they go to the Super Bowl, but it will be hilarious because the NFL is a copycat league, right? The Saints go to the Super Bowl with Derek Carr in 2023. Everybody will be like, instead of saying, oh, we're looking for the next Josh Richardson, they'll be like, oh, we're looking for the next Derek Carr. We're looking for the next quarterback <laughs> that was that was the 15th best quarterback that had that one season where he was fourth 
And he got the Saints to the Super Bowl. Like it would just be hilarious. Like teams like bidding out the ass for like Kirk Cousins and you know, like golf. Some team would go golf would be a free agent. Some team would go ape shit for golf because he like we'll make him the next Derek Carr. Maybe like that. That's my like I don't know if that much, but it would just be it would just be it would just be hilarious because and also too, it would just give the NFL nerds like aneurysms. They'd be like, why? <laughs> the Saints did it. It was a unicorn. It was a one-time thing. The Saints business model is not sustainable. Do not do it. And like everybody would be doing it. It would make me so happy. You know, if you're a car naysayer, like you just gotta like remember guys like Trent Dilfer won the Super Bowl. It's right. Like it's it's possible for someone in that tier of quarterbacks to get there. Like having someone like Carr opens the door for the next. Well, three or like four here, years. here's here's the thing, and I'll say I said this on our podcast, and I'll say this, and I've said this on. Uh, I go on a good friend of mine. I went to high school with him, and he he helped me actually get into my the sports broadcasting. Is Gus Cantengill. So oh. I love Gus. He's a, he's a good friend of mine, a long time, and he I go on his show every week on Wednesday, and I have said to the Carr naysayers, I was like, listen, if you're a Carr naysayer, go to YouTube and watch his highlights, like. His arm talent is sick. Like it's Stafford top five. Arm. Like he makes a throw on Monday night against Kansas City where it's just like he's on one leg stepping up and it's just like a teardrop to Adams for like a 55-yard touchdown. And I'm like, don't tell me him and Andy Dalton are the same. Andy Dalton can't make that throw. He can't. And like no. – I'm not saying that it's going to be that all the time, but like Derek Carr, like at least you see like a pet, like Derek Carr is sort of like a more stable version of Winston. Like, cause that's what we said about Winston. We're like, man, Sean Payton got the interceptions down. We'll get Thomas back. We'll get a lot. Like he's going to be throwing Bobby. It's going to be great. Like Jameis, like it's always potential, but like Jameis, like it's heartbreaking. Cause like I, like the only thing I'll say about Jameis is like, I wish we would like, he never got a fair shot. Like I wish we would have gone no. through 2022 and been like, Jameis, you're Jameis. And like, it didn't work out. We're moving on. But like he got injured two years in a row and like, yeah. it didn't work out. But like cars kind of like that. Like you see the potential. He throws a little bit less interceptions. Um, but we'll take a, we'll take a risk, risk at it. The, the, the fun thing with it though, is like, and, and I'm I'm online too much, but but you guys and it is I, I can't for like the Saints the contract to come and be like the Saints signed Derek Carr for like six years, 190 million dollars. And it's like Monday or Tuesday, and like people, even smart people that don't really understand the cap are gonna be like, What is happening? The Saints are 20 million dollars over the cap. Right. What is happening? And they just don't understand it. The Saints just Push, push the money. And by the way, the Saints, the pandemic set them back. Yes. They're going to be out of this cap having to push stuff very soon. Like yeah. next year, they're going to have to push probably not that much. And then in 2024 or 2025, there's like $150 million cap space. It will, it'll be over. So like as long as Gail continues to cut the checks, yeah. like it's fine. And like I just – like I, I'm gonna enjoy that so much. Yeah, like the, everybody's the, just freaking out. The cap nerd people, uh, to me, it's like such a weird hill to die on, 
because like and you've brought this up on saints happy hour it's not our money it's yeah, like it's, it's right. like it's you know right. it's fake funny money there's like weird accounting going on with like the league and how they distribute revenue like it doesn't matter to us how much these players get paid like all we really need to care about is like is the team competitive and yes who like cares how much they pay them like it's fake gail it's not it's it's not fake and it's it's not fake in this sense like if you have an owner that will cut bonus checks to push the cap number for this year lower and push it out towards for you for the years it doesn't matter it's like a low it's like a no interest credit right. card yeah, you just yeah push yeah. it out and push it out but it takes like gail the saints started this year 50 million in the hole what was it 53 she's gonna have to cut checks for 50 million dollars she's gonna have to get 50 million dollars of cash is going yeah. to be out of the door yeah and it's going to be more if they get Derek Carr and if they want to do things in free agency she's going to push about 80 to 100 million dollars maybe more out the door this year and the thing is some will some owners Mike Brown for the Bengals are never going to be willing to do that. Like they're never going to be in the top 10 of like cash outlay for a team. And some owners just will not do it. And other owners will be like, I'm not doing it for mediocrity, which the cap nerds love and think that's honorable. I think it's bullshit. No, try to win unless you're giving me a discount on season tickets. And that's the thing with the Saints. Like, as long as Gail wants to do it, like, who cares? Like, she has no heirs. Like, it all, like, literally, it all goes to charity when she dies. And Gail, I hope she, I love her. She's a great owner. I hope she yeah. lives to be a hundred. And by the way, I saw her in Fletcher. She is like the most New Orleans grandma I've ever seen in my life when she's talking to grandma. <laughs> like, I, it felt like I was watching my grandmother own the Saints. Like, the accent, the suit, the hair. She looked lovely, but she looked like it's in New Orleans. I thought she was going to hand Fletcher a moon pie. Like at the end of the interview, like a moon pie and ask him if he's, if he's eaten enough vegetables. Like it was just like, I just love Gail so much and she's willing to do it. So who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck? I feel like if the, the Bill Barnwells of the world would just admit that like they've been wrong this whole time, you know, there wouldn't be any backlash. We would just be like, okay, now you're on our side. Great. Like, yeah, like not it's mad just, at you anymore. Like, it's just a different, like, if you look at the crap in, a, in not just a one person, if you look at it as a whole holistically, like a whole thing, like Nick Underhill says, like, it's just like, instead of saying it's stupid, it's much more interesting to say, should they do this? How they do this? I think the things to be critical on the Saints are, are, you know, should you put should you pull other levels co- levers because it's risky to pull the lever and get money from Demario Davis and right. Taysom Hill who are injured not so much Cam because he's just healthy all the time although he's declining like the levers that they pull it's not so much that you're pushing the money out it's that the levers the certain ones that you are pulling to me is much more of an interesting debate in that. The Saints are the only one that do, do does this, so it's wrong. Like that's that debate to me is tired. And like, or like, and the thing is, too, is like all these teams, like the Bears, Atlanta, like all these teams this year with cap space, you know what they're gonna have to pay? They're gonna have to pay the shitty team tax. 
So they're going to go out in free agency and they're going to get a Christian Kirk who was pretty good for the Jaguars, but they had to pay overpay him 20% because they suck. Yeah. And you have to pay, you have to pay the shitty team tax. And the thing that's weird about the Saints is they're viewed as financially irresponsible, but they're really not. Like they do their cap stuff that's really cutting edge. But if you look at the Saints, the only real free agent that they've ever signed that wasn't a Saints player that they just were like, fuck it, we're re-signing them. We're signing this dude, we're blowing up the market was Jairus Bird. Yeah. Every yeah. other guy they signed, you know. They, they did it for Breeze, but he was Breeze. But like Ramchek, Lattimore, McCoy, all these guys they signed, they didn't, you know, they didn't make McCoy the highest paid center. They make Lattimore the highest paid corner. Ramchek, he's really well paid. He's not the highest paid tackle, the right tackle. Like they do all these things to push money forward and, and create capsules, but they're not being like completely reckless. And even in free agency, they, they're, you know, it's kind of weird because they they won right off when Sean Payton got here, but they've never really been – they've done a bunch of moves and they've done a bunch of middle-class guys, but they've never gone out and been like – where like, oh, they signed the top-of-the-market receiver and they signed the top-of-the-market this guy and they went out and spent a gazillion dollars. Like they've never – even under Randy Mueller, when he did that 20 years ago, they signed – they they if they'd have done that now, they'd kill Twitter because the saints like Randy Mueller came in and like, they didn't have draft picks. All they had was cap space. Cause Ditka didn't like free agency. He didn't understand the cap. He didn't like the cap. He said, fuck it. So the saints had all this cap space. So Randy Mueller was like, that's all I got. That's what I'm going to do. And he signed like two free agents, like every day for like eight days in a row. Yeah. And it was like, sometimes it was like a Joe Horn, but other times it was like a Fred Thomas and like a Darren Smith. But like the saints have never been this, wild free agency but in the last 10 years you look at teams actual spending saints are always top five top 10 and like to me i care about that i'm a season ticket holder i just right. renewed sure. by the way it was 2500 dollars for two tickets in the terrace so like i'm not begrudging i'm very blessed me and my mom and my brother were blessed to go right we, we take turns but like i expect if the Saints are going to charge me that kind of money, yeah, you better try to win the game. You better yeah. try to win. Yeah, and that's something that Saints fans need to keep in mind. Something that they should be grateful for is that ever since the Bensons took over ownership in 1985, they've always tried. Yeah, you know, there's there's always been an effort to be competitive, and there have been a lot more misses than hits, but like. Like you've just been saying, there's a lot of franchises that don't even make an effort, you know? And like, yeah. you know, we may have well, to get to... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think you're I think you're 100%. Are you going to name names of teams that don't make an effort? <laughs> <laughs> well, we just talked about the Bears. I mean, look what the, look what the Bucks are doing, you know? If, if yeah. they hadn't had Tom Brady fall into their laps, they would probably still be... They would have been a dumpster fire for the last three years. And now they're releasing veterans left and right. Like the Saints would never, they've never done that and they yeah. never will do that. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a Saints fan on Twitter, uh, banging the drum to tank for Caleb Williams, like, I don't know what to tell well, you. Well, here's, here's, here's the other thing about tanking is that you, and this is, this is besides my point that it's immoral, tanking. You don't get to choose if you want the Saints to go from seven and ten 
to three and thirteen, to three and fourteen, right? I still have the sixteen game schedule in my head, right? As we all do, as we so, all do. So, so like Sean and Jacob, like if you want to tank, if you want to be horrible for Caleb Williams, like you don't get to pick and choose how you burn the house sale right. and what gets to save. If you want to be, if you want to go from seven and ten for the Saints, what you got to do, you got to downgrade at quarterback, right? Like Andy Dalton. That, he's seven wins, right? Yeah. So you, that's not going to do it. Baker Mayfield probably gets you five. So you got to go worse than Baker Mayfield probably. You got to go maybe like a Sam Darnold or like that class of guy, right? So you got to get to three wins. But here's the thing. Dennis Allen, for all the crap he gets on Twitter, he's too good of a defensive coordinator. I can't have a good draft, right? You can't, oh, we're going to go three and 13 and we're going to suck, but we're going to have an A-plus draft. No, 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 no. You can't have an A-plus draft because you know what? If I get Dennis Allen, if I get him good defensive tackle, if I get him Bijan Robinson, he'll run him into the ground and he'll get me, he'll get, he'll get, he'll, he'll fight and claw because that team won't quit on him. They'll fight and claw to six wins. So I gotta have, I, I gotta not only do I have to downgrade a quarterback and be terrible at free agency and like not like get cap compliant, but take all my medicine cap wise, I gotta have an F. I gotta I gotta have an F for a draft. And I probably got to have an F again next year to completely burn it down because this roster is kind of the guts of it are still pretty good. And that's the thing that people don't understand about tanking. Like you don't get to say, oh, we're just going to lose games, but everything else we're going to build for this magical future. No, 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 no. You can do that once you've hit rock bottom. And you can be like, well, we're going to build and we're going to build. And even if we don't, you know, if we went three and 13, we're going to, we can have this great draft and we might only get to four wins. Right. Like the Texans, right? They might, yeah. they, they, I think I, that they're, they've done some good things. Like, but they only might go from three to five wins, right? Yeah. And they could have another good, they could have a good draft. Although Nick and Sarah, they didn't really have a good draft last right. year. I don't care what they say. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> but that's my point. Like, you don't get, when you, when you get, when you decide to tank and burn everything to the ground, like, you don't get to burn your house to the ground and be like, but we're keeping the good, we're keeping the good China. Yeah. We're keeping the 4K. We're keeping the right. 4K TV. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. It's not how it works. Yeah. You know, Gr grandma's jewels don't survive. No, the they don't. Right. I feel like the only way that, like, historically, that averaged solid to good teams, like, suddenly drop down to tanking territory, quote unquote, in like a one year span is if they're like solid to good quarterback blows out his knee in week That's one. That's right. And they have all the money tied up in him and his backup's no good. Yeah. And, and, and then they drop. Well, here's the thing. Play. Here's the thing for the saints, right? If the saints had gone terrible backup, right? If they had like Andy Dalton's a really right. good, Andy Dalton's a yeah. really good back. If they had made a to backup, the Eagles probably would have been picking top four. Like if you would have, if you would have had Sam Darnold, right. if you would have had, I'm trying to think, like Nathan Peterman, if you don't like, you'd have like that quality backup. Like Philadelphia would be picking probably top four. Yeah, you know, so like it can happen. It can happen quick, and I'm not saying that it won't happen with the Saints because, right. like, like my thing is, I argue, like the, the the pro tank people say it's inevitable. My thing is nothing is inevitable. Right. The Saints, they could win the South. They could pick in the top three next year. I don't know. Like it, it could, it could go off the rails. I'm not, I'm not saying that it can't. Cause I look at Dennis Allen. He's got a lot of flaws, this roster. Right. Like if they don't have a good off season, if they don't fix a lot of things, they could be bad. But like, my point is I'm not going there willingly. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the other key is that for all of the frustrations last year and for all of like Dennis Allen's apparently obvious flaws, he never lost the locker room. No. And they always, the players like to the man, especially on the defense, really like him. And they played hard for him despite like all the penalties and turnovers and everything. They, they like him. It's not yeah. a Hackett situation where they freaking hated him and were like literally fighting with each other as a, like a downstream result of that. Um, like our locker room is still solid. So that or like a crippling quarterback injury would be the only you know, ways for that to happen. And, like, and the thing is with Dennis Allen, and, and I know people say, well, only quarterbacks really make difference in the game. But I just think like if Michael Thomas had played the whole year, Mm-hmm. Saints win the South because yep. I can look at I can look at games I can look at the second Tampa game the slant to Callaway that's a Michael Thomas play yep. he catches that ball or the Taysom Hill play where the Niners game. Dalton throws a dime to to Taysom but Taysom is a quarterback not a tight end and he can't make the catch he throws that to, to Michael Thomas Michael Thomas catches it okay yep. the Cincinnati game where they couldn't score in the red zone Michael Thomas fixes that problem. That's two, that's two wins right, right there. Right. You know, so you go nine and eight and I just think like, it's that, that's the, that's the thing you're talking about. Like, it's so, it's so close that I'm not willing. I'm just, I'm just not willing to go. I'm just not willing to go backwards. And I know, I know people hate me and they yell at me and they say, shut up old man on Twitter, but I don't care. It's weird. There's been like a weird, like NBA ification of, NFL fandom. Well, you know what it is? You know what it is? You know what it is, Sean? Is we have a and, and I'm happy because we have an entire generation of Saints fans. That's they true. don't know what horribleness is, no. Jacob and Sean. But it's no. but, but to me, like I'm not saying that as old man. We're like in the depression, we right. ate dirt. And if you would <laughs> eat dirt for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for just a couple of months, you would appreciate the food. Like, I'm not like that. Like, I'm happy. We have an entire generation of Saints fans yeah. that don't understand like what it's like to be in the fucking wilderness for five years where like all these other teams are having playoffs and you're looking at mock drafts at Thanksgiving. Like I, I love that about it. I love that about it. we have an like if you're if you're over if if you're under 35, you probably don't have any recollection of long-term Saints being terrible. I would think. Like, what are? You, how old are you guys? We're thirty-three. We're thirty-three. So, like, you don't have a recollection of like the Saints having like a like a three-year stretch of just fucking horrificness. No, but what we do have instead is uh, all of our formative years. You know, we were in fifth grade when Hazlitt was hired. Yeah, and we were sophomores in high school during Katrina, his final season. So like what we have is like those very important years of our, our teens and like these formative years of like our identity and what we think about the saints and ourselves. It's just seasons like 2022. Mm, yeah. Like this was like a very like triggering season for us because it was like, okay, we're existing in this area, this gray area. That's kind of like, we could be good and we're competitive but like something is off. Right. Yeah. And it leads to these situations where like, even over the course of a game, like you're feeling fucking amazing. Like you're going to win. You're up by 14 points. And right. then an, an hour later, you're like 
throwing your remote at the top. Well, that's what I said when we did our season awards. They said the most memorable Saints moment of 2022. And I said the second Tampa game was the most fun and most miserable Saints experience yeah. of the entire season, all wrapped into one because for three and a half quarters, it was a party. We were yeah. making the old man Brady jokes. Yep. We were like, Dennis Allen owns you. This is hilarious. It sucks. We own you, Tampa. Look at Tom Brady. He's yelling at people. He's breaking tablets. My God, this is amazing. And it, then the piano fell on us. Right? Yeah. You know, but it is a formative year. Like the, the Hazlitt, it's very, it's very Hazlitt, right? Like Hazlitt had some really good qualities as a coach and he had some really terrible ones. And Dennis Allen's, he kind of looks like the same way. Like Dennis Allen looks like one of those defensive coordinators who's really good at being a defensive coordinator, but can't quite figure it out on offense and doesn't have like, like Dennis Allen, the thing that I think is going to kill that, that, that it, if Derek Carr or whatever, the thing that I think like, as far as like in-game management, that'll kill Dennis Allen is he's just too damn conservative in 2023. Yeah. Like he's a defensive yeah. coordinator and he's this old school guy of I'll pawn it and I'll let my defense win it. But like nowadays, like when you cross midfield and it's fourth and two, you got to fucking go for it. Like right, that's yeah. just, and the thing is, the Eagles made the Super Bowl doing that. Yeah. And the thing is, the thing is that I loved about the Eagles is the Eagles sort of like as a degenerate gambler that plays blackjack, like the Eagles decided that they were going to do this and they weren't going to do it by feel, right? It's like in blackjack. It's like, are you going to hit on 16? Or are you going to stay? And like, you can't do it by feel. And like, if you're going to, if you, if you get, if you get a let, if you get 11 and the dealer has anything less than a face card, if you want to make money, you got to double down. Right, you can't do it by feel and be like, "Well, he got a nine, and this time he's got a six, so I'm gonna do it." Like you gotta, you gotta decide what you're gonna do, and 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 the odds that are slightly in your favor, they're only in your favor if you do it and do it and do it. And that's the thing with the Eagles. There, that's like it's not really a decision for them. It's in their process, right? They're just like, "This is what we do. This is who we are," and like Dennis Allen, like you kind of need to be closer to that in 2023. Right. And I just wish like, you know, with Taysom that he would do it more. I, I wish that he would do it more, but on the flip side, I know why he didn't because like in that Philadelphia game, right. Remember when they had the, uh, they had one time where they like, could have scored, and they went for it and they made the touchdown early, but then they had another time. I think it was either 10 or it was either 10 to nothing or seven to nothing. And like they ran the play and Ramchek Ramchek got destroyed and injured. And then I could see Dennis Allen being like, Ramchek's out and he just got destroyed and it's fourth and one. No, no, fuck that. I'm kicking the field goal. Yeah. So like I get like, like part of me, like that was one of the things I, 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 I argued with an analytics person and I was like, have you factored in injuries to your fourth down bot? And he's like, well, yes. And I'm like, well, how does that work? And he's like, I factored it in and injuries don't matter on a one game, on a one, on a one play sample. And I'm like, well, yeah, it does, man. Because like, you got to think of it as like, if I'm a coach, right. And I lose two offensive linemen in a game, 
right? And I'm like, fuck, I lost Ramchek and I lost Ruiz in this game. And and in the rest of the game, I've got four fourth and twos on the inside the other team's 30. Like, you bet my fucking ass like that matters. Yeah. Right? Because I'm playing, I'm, you know, I'm playing uh, a UDFA and a and a guy I signed off the street yeah. Wednesday on the right side. So like it ma- like that's my thing with analytics. Like it matters, but like the to the to the beginning of this conversation, I just think Dennis Allen. I worry that he's too conservative, right. and like that's going to be the thing that dooms him in the end. Yeah, whether whether he can like shake his DNA as um, like a more conservative, defensive uh, minded mm. coach or evolve um, and get a better feel for the game and the situation, like whether he's like going by like a, what the numbers actually say or not. um, I think that will ultimately determine his success or failure. And I like what Baltimore does. I really do with John Harbaugh and they have a, like an analytics person. Yeah. Like does the math and they go over it during the week, but the analytics person is in the booth. And he'll be he'll like remind Harbaugh. He'll be like, "Hey, John, remember you said we're playing this team. We need to be more aggressive on fourth down." Right. Or he'll say, "Hey, you said you wanted to be less aggressive." So like he's on the headset reminding him, and it's like whether he makes the decision or doesn't, he has the data and he has a person reminding yeah. him, "Hey, we went through this shit during the week." Are we going to do it? Are we going to not? And it's in the end, it's on the head coach. But I just I like the way Baltimore does it because I just don't think like you want it to be more than feel. It has in twenty twenty three. It has to be more than feel. You know, yeah. um, it has to be closer to what the nerds want. Unfortunately, yeah, and it hates me. It pains me to say that it has to be closer to the what they want than what football was even like less than a decade ago. You know, I, I think on a, like a macro scale, you know, in sort of an abstract way, like that's sort of at the heart of like why a lot of people turned on Dennis Allen so quickly is that like Peyton was aggressive. He did make decisions kind of based on his gut. And then sometimes he probably also had data to back up some of his. He dialed it. Way, thing is with Peyton though, he that's what that's what surprised me. He dialed it way way back, starting yeah. starting in like starting in like twenty nineteen. Like he he dialed the aggressiveness yeah. way back. Like because it, the thing is, like Peyton looked at his team and was like, yeah, Drew Brees can't throw it more than five right. yards. Yeah, my, de- my defense is awesome. You know what? I'm I'm, I'm fucking punt it. Yeah, like, but he, you know, he yeah. was like a—he's a genius. A genius is a there's an artistry to it. He's like it a is. chef who's adjusting different uh, levels of spice in a dish. And like one of the things that concerned us about Dennis Allen from like the very beginning is like, you know, he's he's the bar mitzvah cover band version of Peyton, and the sort of higher right. level of thinking, this artistry. Uh, like yeah. may not like exist in his brain. And like, that's a problem. And I think a lot of fans recognize that. I think it is, you know, that, that's the thing about Sean Payton is just, he would always say about game. We were not going to let this game, this game go a certain, we were not going to let the game go that way. Right. Yeah. And like, the thing is that the analytics nerds never understood is like the Monday night game against Seattle in the rain. Right, they had like two different times where like Sean Payton kicked field goals, and it's like yeah. the analytics are like, "What?" I'm like, 
It's a fucking monsoon, right? Right. You're playing against Geno Smith in a monsoon. Take your points and be go go on with it. And that, that's the thing is like the game situations matter and like understanding how to make adjustments and feel for a game. It's just really, it's really hard. And, and I don't envy these NFL teams because like, how do you, how do you interview for that? Especially for like a guy, like, you know, it's like me, I'm interviewing you, Sean. I'm like, Hey, Sean, you're going to coordinate. You're the hot, you're the hot, you're the hottest coordinator going. Right. But you've never been a head coach. Right. So like, how do I like pull it out of you? To know, are you Sean Payton or are you Nathaniel Hackett? Like, how do I, like, what do I do to like pull that out of you in the interview process? It's you tough. know, and that's the frustrating thing is like, but this isn't Dennis Allen's first go around as a head coach. That's right. So like, there was some data there, but the Saints obviously, and we as a fan base, rationalizing the ultimate decision, we're like, it's the Raiders. It's the Raiders. Like, oh, like they're a dumpster fire, and like, yes, that is true, but. It might not have been as uh, hand wavy as right. as we all would have hoped. Unfortunately, that's right. yeah, well, that's- I I think the thing is with Dennis Allen too is like following the guy. You always want to follow the guy who follows the guy, right? right so like, right. it's always a hard uphill battle for for Dennis. But like, I really do think one thing that was really unfair to him, and it was, and I didn't understand it until we got into it, is like. Having Sean Payton like retire and like lingering out there right. was so hard. Like and and like because it was like he might come back, he might come back with Brady. Like and that was yeah. never gonna like that, that oh, was no. never gonna happen. And this that kind of pissed off the Saints, honestly. And like, but that like lingering out there with the fans, like it was never gonna be a good thing. Right. And hey. like the good thing now, at least Sean's in Denver. So like it's it's closed. Like you you yeah. as a fan base, you might not want Dennis Allen. You may still want him fired. But right. like the Sean is going to triumphantly come back, and that like that's it's over with. You got to pick somebody new. Right. But like I just think that lingering over him was hard, and also too, like it was always like unless Dennis Allen won this past year, it was always going to go bad. Like like honestly, short of winning the Super Bowl. There was going to be probably twenty five percent of the fan base that would be mad at Dennis Allen. Like, like let's say, let's say they had like, like let's say it had mostly gone right for Dennis Allen this year, and they like maybe Jameis was healthy and like Alave and Michael Thomas was healthy, and they had gone like eleven and six, right in the playoffs, and then they get to the playoffs and they play Dallas and they play them at home, but Jameis Winston would have sucked. Right, Jameis Winston would turn into Jameis Winston, and he threw four picks, and Dallas won thirty-five to seventeen. They'd they'd have been twenty-five percent of the fan base had been like, "Fire Dennis Allen, fire Pete Carmichael. It's all their fault. I want somebody new." And like the he just won a division title. They just finished seventh in offense. Jameis had the best season of his career. Like all that would have been out the window, right? So like. It was always like a hard road for Dennis Allen. The thing is, too, with Dennis Allen that 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 I noticed, he he doesn't communicate with the media or the fans as well as Sean Payton. Right. And it's hard because right. Sean Payton is like all star level. 
at communicating with the fans and explaining things and the media. He's very media. Like Dennis Allen just isn't that way. No. And Dennis Allen's like a normal 90s, run-of-the-mill, boring-ass coach. And, you know, and he says kind of dumb things. He's like, I keep doing what we're doing against Arizona. And Andy Dalton threw like a thousand interceptions. We knew what he meant. It's like, keep moving the ball, but stop fucking up and turning the ball over in the red zone. Like we knew what he meant, but when it came out, it just sounded terrible. Right. So like going from like cool, media-savvy, fun Sean Payton coach to Dennis Allen – like that was always going to be bumpy, even if you yeah. won. And now you throw in seven and ten, and it's just we just hate him. We just we just don't want it. Yeah, you know, I, Sean and I, you, you know, we root for his success. Like we don't want the team to suck. We don't want to feel this pain on a week to week basis. But I, like I, in our little circle of friends, I was kind of the first one to sound the alarm about Da because yeah, it was really. To me, like it was just so obvious for it was that week three game against Carolina. Like it was, you know, they say, you know, once is happenstance, three times is enemy action or whatever that quote <laughs> is from, from Goldfinger. Like it, we were making the same mistakes over and over again and it wasn't changing. And like that was the moment where I was like, you know what? I think we're, we're going to be in for a long season. Like these are things that, Bad teams ah, do, and it's, right. it's not changing. De- My co-host Andrew Juge said that on Monday. He said something similar. He said, "You know, when they went to London and they had the double doink, we just should have known." It was like, yeah. "Shit, it's not our year, man." It's yeah. Dennis Allen. It's all of it. It's Jameis with the broken back. It's Michael Thomas getting. When you get a double doink, it's just it ain't your year, man. It ain't your yeah. year. And, and and on the flip side. Minnesota just like fucking walked on water and like the most bullshit 13 and four team I've ever seen in my life. Right. Right. So like, but like, you know, I think your point's well taken. And I think like the the whole like way they managed Jameis Winston, like, and listen, it was horrible. Jameis Winston, like, I think he's not totally innocent, no. but like I get why when the Saints went to him and was like, "Hey, you're ready to play, and we want you to play against the Rams," and Jameis was like, "No, I'm not playing because your offensive line is all injured, and Aaron I don't Donald trust you any, and I don't trust you anymore, yeah. and I'm not playing." Like on a on, on one level, you're like, "How can you not play? How can you refuse to play? You're a football player. They pay you. You if if you refuse to play, I understand why they're done with you." But on the other hand, I'm like. Kind of broke the trust with him. They made him fly to London when they knew he wasn't going to play. What the fuck's that about? Like getting on an international flight, like the injuries, like all of it. Like I get why the trust was broken with him. Um, and that's on Dennis Allen. Yeah. Like he's got to be like, he's got to do a better, he's got to do a better job. But in the same sense, it's like all of that, like they went to Cleveland in like negative a thousand degrees. And like gave a damn when they didn't have to give a damn. And they fell behind 10 to nothing in that game. And I was like, okay, it's 10 to nothing. It's Christmas Eve. Like this is going, this is going to get ugly. And this is going to be bad. But like they just kept on fighting. And like see it after. Like they were, they were pumped about it. So like I think the thing that people you look at Dennis Allen as a fans and he's kind of like 
quiet. He's very soft-spoken, right? He doesn't yell. He doesn't uh, – in, in press conference, I'm talking after the game. He's very same tone, gentle, sounding voice. He doesn't really look very, like, menacing. My wife always says he looks like a dad. <laughs> he looks like a dad at Walgreens at 12 in the morning trying to find the right medicine for his kid. Right. And like once she described him as that, like I can't unsee it. Like I'm just like that's it's it's he's like a middle aged dad, like looking for the right medicine because his kid's got a hundred and two fever. Yeah, and, it, it's well, unfortunate that he's not really like a personality fit for the city. You know, he's more of a he's like a Minnesota type. Yeah, coach, the thing right? is, well, I think the personality fit. Well, you have more. You know, you had Mora, you had Ditka, you had Hazlitt. So it's that's kind of it. But like the thing is, with that, I think fans don't understand is like all the alphas that were on the Saints are gone. Yeah. Drew, Sean, um, Malcolm Jenkins, you know, like all the alpha guys, like even though you think of DeMario Davis as a leader, he's not really a leader in an alpha kind of way. So like all the alpha leaders are gone. Dennis is like the last one in there. You don't, we don't think of him like that because we look at him, he's Dennis Allen. Like he's not alpha, but he is. And like that's the thing with the Saints. Like there's this really – there's this kind of void of 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 leadership yeah. around, and like, but like Sean and Jacob, like, what would it be? You lost your Hall of Fame quarterback. You lost your Hall of Fame coach. Like, I mean, of course you were gonna have this vacuum that you have to fill, right? Yeah. And uh, I just think as Saints fans, we're just fucking spoiled. Like, yeah, winning, oh, yeah, winning's fun. Winning's awesome, and we don't want it to stop, and we want it to last forever, and we don't we don't tolerate it. And the thing is, we'll just like fire people, you know. <sighs> like, like here's the thing: like, not to get off on, on too much of a tangent, because I know this is a football podcast, and people don't want to listen to my Everton takes. But I'm a, I'm an EP, I'm an English Premier League guy, I'm an Everton fan. Everton is in relegation. If you don't follow English Premier League, basically they have 20 teams. If you finish 18, 19, or 20th. They boot you out the league. They boot you to AAA soccer for London. So, like, tanking is not – it's literally like you can't tank. So, like, yeah. they freak out. So, like, when teams are at the bottom of the table, they're like, fuck you, manager. Get you out of here. We'll get somebody else in. We'll go through two, three, four managers a year to avoid getting relegated because it costs you, like, $100 million in TV money. Everton, my team, they've had 11 permanent managers in 12 years. Like they just fucking cycle through them because they fancy themselves as like an elite team, but they've like slowly eroded, eroded, eroded. And now they're in the bottom of the table, like fighting for their life. And they have this dude who looks like a bond henchman and all he's just like, we ain't going to fucking let them score. We're going to park the bus and we're just going to try to win one. Nothing. Cause like, we can't score. And I know it's ugly, but like, just be with us. And like, like you just have to embrace it, but like they're completely dysfunctional, and like that's how you get in the NFL if you just fire coaches. You just yeah. like psych. But, but like we're so used to winning, we're just like we'll fire Dennis Allen, we'll bring in Ben Johnson from Detroit, and he'll be we'll figure it out. Like and you just you just so spoiled, you just think you can just plug them in and out, and that's where we are as a fan base. Like, but like it's cool. Like I don't want I don't want the Saints. Like I don't want the Saints to fall in the dark ages because the thing is i don't want my podcast to have 35 listeners i don't want um 
I don't want the YouTube channel to have 10, 10 views and three of them are my mom by accident because she tried to call me and she hit the YouTube app by accident. Like, <laughs> I don't want that. So, like, I want the Saints to win. But, like, I do feel like – and you, I want you guys' opinion. I do feel like there is a segment of the fan base that they – like they want Dennis Allen, to, they they want they want it they want to burn it to the ground and nothing's gonna make them happy. Like they say, oh, I want the Saints to win, yeah. But like ten and seven or whatever, like it's never good. Like they're they're never gonna be happy unless Dennis Allen gives them a Lombardi. And like in like seven years, right? If Dennis Allen say he's been coached for Saints for one year, so say he coaches the Saints for seven more years. And say he makes the playoffs with Derek Carr four times. And he had the 7 and 10 this year. And like the last two years of his reign are like terrible. Yeah. Right. So people are like, he went to the playoffs four times. He was he was nine and eight one time. And he had three three bad years. Two of them were really bad at the end. He was a failure. I would be like, well, he wasn't a failure. He was a slightly above 500. He was a slightly above 500 coach. We went to the playoffs four times. We had that one fun playoff run with Derek Carr where he won two games and we almost made a Super Bowl and then we got our ass handed to us in the NFC Championship. Like, that was fun. Like, so I wouldn't say Dennis Allen was a failure. They'd be like, Dennis Allen is a fucking failure. He didn't get us a Lombardi. And, and I'd be like, nah, not really. And like, that, that would probably make him the second best coach. Coach of Saints in history, Saints right? History. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, right. like, yeah, at some point you just can't like listen to the people who will never be happy without like with anything up less than a championship. But yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah. There's like a weird, you know, there's a, a careful balance, you know, the saints Twitter has to strike where like it is. And uh, Ralph, I think you've said this before. It is important to like hold the team's feet to the fire and mm -hmm. like, we need to it hold is. them accountable when they do things that don't work out. Because uh, they need to know that we're not happy and that we may not give them our money if things continue like this. Um, but on the other end of the spectrum, like, I would be happy with the situation you just described where, like, Dennis Allen does coach for another five or six years. There is a great season in that one great season where we, like, make the NFC mm -hmm. championship. Like, I'd be happy with that because it would be fun. And some of that kind of originates from the fact that like we won a fucking Super Bowl in our lifetime. And I feel like I, I try to never lose perspective about that. Yeah. And like, it feels like we're playing with house money now, you know, like anything that happens after like 2009 if, if, is just extra. If Dennis Allen is Mike Zimmer, Minnesota. Yeah. Like, you know, like my, like, like, like I wouldn't say I wouldn't say Mike Zimmer is was his tenure in Minnesota was great, but I wouldn't say it was a failure. Like they made an NFC Championship game off a miracle. They won a playoff game with Kirk Cousins. They should have won a playoff game with Teddy Bridgewater, but the guy missed the field goal. Right. So like, and a lot of times they were like they were like they had a two di two different times where if they'd have won the last week of the year that it made the playoffs and they didn't. So like. Like that's probably like that's probably like best case scenario with Dennis Allen. And the flip side is the Saints Twitter people would be like, well, fire him. If that's the best case scenario, fire him now and let's get somebody better. Don't even let him try to be Mike Zimmer. I don't want that. Fire, fire him now. 
you know, but like to me, like as we kind of wrap up here, I guess is like saints, like the, the memories of it, the experience, like I want more good experiences. And like, for me, like my mom's getting up in age. Like I don't have time for, I don't have time for a fucking five-year rebuild. She's 77. I, I would rather, I would much rather, me personally, like the Saints, like pull it together and give me two good years of David Carr, two more fun regular seasons, than like this. Even if you told, even if you told me, like in five years, the Saints will be the best team in the NFC again. In what would that be? Twenty twenty eight. They'll start a five year run of. They'll be the best team in the NFC, like they were from 2018, 2019, 2020, Right? They were the best team. They didn't win because of different fucking things, right? They didn't win, but they had the best roster, right, in the NFC. If you yeah. told me I could have that in 2028, I could start to have that in 2028, in 2029, 2030, 2031. Like, I could have that. I could wait for that. And it's just going to be shit from now until then. But I'm gonna, you're going to be in three years, you're going to have that. You're going to have the best quarterback. You're going to be really good. I'm not going to guarantee you Super Bowl. Or you can have three so-so years of David Carr where you make the playoffs and you're kind of good and you win a division title, win a game or two. I would take that now. Because, like, I don't want to wait that long. I don't know how the future is going to be. An asteroid could hit us. Elon Musk could close down Twitter, and then who would have to hear my horrible Saints Twitter thoughts? Chat GPT could take over. The robots could take <laughs> over. I don't know what's going to fucking happen. And my mom's 77. So, like, give me three good years of Saints football to enjoy now. Like, and the NFL, there's no five-year plan in the NFL. Everything in the NFL is three years. You know, what, what coach loses for three years and gets a fourth year? Who name me, name me one. There isn't one. There isn't one, you know, son. And uh, please God, don't let Lamar get in this NFC South. Don't let Lamar get to Atlanta. Please God. No. Yeah. I think I'm going to like move to Japan if that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to go on a hiatus, a one year sabbatical. Um, well, here's the thing, though. We know they're going to do it, God, you, Jacob. You know they're going to do it because they were going to do it for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So, like, so, like, if 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 you were willing to do three first round picks for Deshaun Watson, you of course are going to do it for Lamar. Oh yeah. Um, I I just wonder, like, if he comes, if 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 Baltimore decides that they're going to move on from him. I just think the teams that want it are just, it's going to be incredible. If it's before Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets, you'll have the Jets. You'll have Seattle. You'll have Atlanta. You'll have Carolina. Like all these teams. And here's the thing. Like if you're Chicago and you want to trade that first round pick, that's like your fucking nightmare scenario. Because you could have, right? Because you could have then, you would have like Carolina being like, I'll trade with Chicago. Fuck that. I'll just, I'll just give three firsts and two seconds to Baltimore and get Lamar Jackson. Or if I'm well, Atlanta, I don't need to trade up to Chicago. I'll just get Lamar. Like, if you're Chicago and Lamar becomes available, why wouldn't you just go after Lamar? I mean, if I was Chicago, I would like because because here's the, I would be like if I was Chicago, I would because Chicago. They've never had a good quarterback my entire life. <laughs> like seriously, yeah, no. Like, even they they the, won the, the Super Bowl season. They didn't. Have but a Jim McMahon team. wasn't any good. Yeah, like, he was. He was just okay. He was just there. Like, 
And like Chicago, like has Chicago had a good quarterback since there's been color television? No. Like I don't know. I know NFL history a lot, but like I don't go like that far back. <laughs> Ralph, you know? you're you're not a Kyle Orton fan? I'm not a Kyle Orton. <laughs> Kyle Orton, didn't he play in a playoff game? Yeah, they were they were pretty good for a few years. I mean, sexy Rexy Gross, sex cannon Rex Grossman, he beat the Saints in NFC Championship. But I mean, like, like, like the Bears, man. I I just like, like I'm curious. Like, how do you guys like if the Saints get Derek Carr and if they have a good like, what's your? Will you? Because because I was super excited about 2022. I, I talked myself in Jameis. Yeah. I talked myself in a Jameis. Yeah. I was like, Michael Thomas is coming back. We got Honey Badger. We got Jarvis Landry. Yep. We, you know, we got Kamara. We got we got this, we got a top five defense. We got everybody back. Yeah, they'll have to replace the safeties. Yeah, that'll be a problem and it'll take a while, but it'll be all right. Like I was pumped for this year. Like I'm telling you, like I thought I was like out, like they get Derek Carr and they have a good draft. They do some fun stuff in free agency, pick up some name guys. Like even if they're old, like I'll talk, like, you know me, I love a name, like a name free agent. They pick up a name free agent. I love it. I'm all for signing Leonard Fournette. I mean, we need another running back anyway. I mean, I'll talk my, I, 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 (laughs) like, I want them to draft a running back or get somebody younger, but like they sign Fournette, I'll talk myself into it by all. Well, like, we'll need would, more than one guy, you know, especially if Kamara is in jail or suspended for a huge chunk of the oh season. Then <sighs> we're going to need a veteran and probably a younger guy too. Get um, me like to me, I would love it if they would get like like sign like a Dante Foreman from Carolina yes. and then draft. Yeah, him. like and like, like he's got some juice. Like get him, draft a guy. Draft Spears from Tulane or Bijan Robinson. Then F. Alvin Kamara, when he gets suspended, because you know Goodell is just going to suspend Alvin Kamara. It, it's you know, happening. It's happening. He's getting yeah. three to six, right? So then if you have Spears, Bijan Robinson, Foreman, if you have two of those three, then you feel really good about running back. And Kamara's getting old. Like we love him, but like, is he going to be on this roster in 2024? Maybe I don't not. Know. I don't know, you know, so um, I'm just telling you, like, I, I I can easily talk myself into Saints. I've spent, I, I I mean, I talked myself into Billy Joe Tolliver and Billy Joe Holbert and Vodka Collins. Like, I'll talk myself into <laughs> fucking anything. Like, I talked myself into Brandon Browner being the solution at corner. Like, don't think I can't talk myself into Saints football. Like, I do it every year because it, but it's fun. And here's, people ask me why. I said, listen, and I, I, I forget who said this quote. It's like a famous philosopher, but I love it. And I tell it to my wife all the time about real life too. They say the pessimist suffers twice because you think about all the terrible things that are going to happen to you. And then when they happen, you live it. The optimist only suffers once when it goes bad. And that's my feeling of the saints. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to be optimistic and I'm going to believe that it's going to be okay. So when it goes bad, I'm just like, eh, it went bad. Eh, it usually goes bad for the Saints. Yeah. It does. But like, I always believe that it won't and they got me again. Like, it's just, like, it's just no fun for me to, to be negative about my sports teams. Like, it's not real life. Yeah. Like, 
Like, I got Everton playing tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. They've won two matches away from home the last two years. Fucking two. So, like, I know, like, in the back of my mind, like, they're going to go to Nottingham Forest, and it's going to be bad. Yeah. But I've talked myself into all week, like, Nottingham Forest, they can't score goals. They're terrible. Their their guy looks like an, a British extra from Austin Powers that needs bad dental care. Like Their manager, <laughs> like, we're going to do this. We're going to go to Nottingham Forest. We're going to get this win and get out of the relegation game. Relegations, and I'm talking myself into it. Like, because what am I going to do? Like, being negative all week, like, that's just it's miserable. Like, it's sports. It's fun. Like, I got to believe. Like, I don't want to be like, it's going to be horrible. 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 Ah, it is horrible. Like, yeah. that's no fun. Like, sports is supposed to be an escape and, and bring us together, right? So, like, with the Saints, I do it too. With the Pelicans. Although, God, <laughs> I never thought something would be more dreadful to watch than Everton. But the Pelicans have managed to do that. Like, the having Pelicans optimism, it really it stretches my – optimism bones to the, yeah. to the to the core like it's just oh the pelicans like I, I like it feels like 23 and 12 with the pelicans was like nine years ago like yeah. i remember like zion did the dunk they 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 they, they, they dubbed in jerry lawler <laughs> doing they're doing the oh don't do it oh god and it was like we are 23 and 12 we are top the west like it's all coming together like we've built the fucking death star like we got Ingram, we got Zion, we got McCollum. It's it's here, and it feels like it's 1982 that it that's when it was. Yeah, like the Pels are. It's almost worse than what happened with the 22 Saints because we saw how good they could be. That's right. And then and then the wheels came off, and like literally everything that could go wrong went wrong. Every injury that could be had was had. You know. Well, yeah. At least at least Zion is just like a quiet guy who likes anime and isn't flashing guns at strip clubs oh all. my god like john Morant, like i'm and i say this in with all sincerity like i'm really glad like the pelicans didn't get him i would worry about his safety if he was in new orleans because louisiana people are a different breed you know, like, yeah. and I, I oh, say yeah. that as a Louisiana person. So I'm not, I'm not like throwing, I, I include me into this. Like we're like Louisiana people. We are just a different breed. I would worry for John Morant if he was doing that in New Orleans, like seriously, like bad. And, and I worry for him in Memphis. Like, yeah, like bad things are going to happen. And I, I hope that he has, I know he like pulled down his Instagram, pulled down his Twitter. I hope that he has somebody in his life that can be like, dude, dude you don't like don't don't do that because like he went to the the, the the like the footlocker like his mom was like arguing with a footlocker employer like he goes there and is like threatening the employee and all this like like don't like man you're john moran like don't be doing that because he's yeah. a he's an electric player and i would just hate for something bad to happen to him but to your point like the pelicans like like we 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 touched it we touched the mountaintop yeah like yeah. We, we like we 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 like with this with the 2022 Saints. We never, we were barely on our feet. We <laughs> were we, were, bar we yeah. were barely on our feet the entire year. Like yeah. so, like with the Pelicans, like we 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 touched the zenith and like 
to, and then to, fell to, down the mountain to know yeah. to know that like it's there like our dreams for the pelicans are like just over the hill and like we got to the top of the hill and we like we saw it right we saw it we saw all of it was possible so like that makes it that makes it so hard because we got because, teased because the thing is with the saints all the we need to rebuild all of it's in theory and even the good thing is like we get that Derek Carr it's all it's all theory and hypothesis right the pelicans was not i feel bad for the pelicans crew because the pelicans like if you're a diehard pelicans fan like the pelicans have not been good in new orleans like they have the, the one year where they like were the number 1 seed they lost to san antonio in the second round like that's their peak man and like i'm i'm a pelicans fan but like i'm casual in a sense of like if they i have the league pass and i watch i've probably watched what they've played 64 65 games i probably watched 45 of the games and you know like i'll watch them but like if they are down 20, I'll turn it off. Like the like when they played Golden State and it was falling apart the other night, I'm like, I'm going to bed. And I just turn off my phone and put it on the charge and I'm done. Like, so I'm not a diehard Pelican fan in a sense of I won't ride or die with them. Like if they're just bad, like I just won't pay attention. Like, but like, so I feel for like the diehard Pelican fans that ride with them 82 games a year. Like those people haven't got nothing. And they, <laughs> they keep on coming. And like for them to finally see it and it was finally there and we finally all saw it and we drank from the well and like it's gone and like it's broken. And like, why the fuck? Like, how did this happen? Like, it's just, I, I feel so bad for, I feel so bad for them. And I don't understand basketball. Like, I'm just like, I'm like, I don't understand it. I just know like, this offense is broken. I like, I don't know. Like I, ba- I barely know, like they put the ball in the hoop. Like that's all I know. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and I just, but I feel bad for Pelicans people because it's like, it was so, it was so, it was there. It was, the, it, 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 it was there. We, we freaking, we had it. We had it. We, this pod, this podcast is all over the place. I feel like. <laughs> all over the place. That's what we do. I mean, that's what we're all about. Yeah. Podcasts of hopeless optimism. Yeah, right. but I tell you, people, be be optimistic. It, it, it's more it's more fun that way. Yes, and it's more better way to be in your life in general. Yeah. All right, I think that is a good <laughs> note to end on. That's right. As we quickly approach two hours. That's of right. Recording this, and it will be just our luck that uh, within minutes of finishing this recording, we'll sign Derek Carr. And That's somebody. right. It'll be irrelevant. <laughs> It'll be irrelevant. But 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 you know what? Just put it on the headline: Derek Carr thoughts. Yeah. It, won't, it won't be yeah. a lie. It won't be a lie. Like if the Saints sign Derek Carr on Tuesday or Monday. Like you can still put this up and put it like Derek Carr thoughts and like it won't be lying to the people. Exactly. You know, it's fine. It's fine. They know. They know it. We love them. They they know. They know what's up. And they, they like if they listen to this podcast with me, they know I'm all over. This. They know. <laughs> and look, I am I am no longer an official member of the media, so I have no compunctions about people ethics me, anymore. <laughs> people tell me that like you're a member of the media. How dare you tweet? I'm like, bro, I am not a member of the media. Like <laughs> I do a I do a podcast. I do jokes for Channel Four. 
at 6 6:15 a.m. during the football season. I write a jokey joke column for them. I'm not a member of the media. Like I don't like I'm not like don't don't put me in the media. Like I'm not. <laughs> um well, Ralph, thank you for coming on. Thank you guys uh, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, we really we really really appreciate it. It's it is like surreal to like listen to someone as often <laughs> as we listen to you and then like suddenly, you know, a couple DMs later, we're we're talking to you on a podcast. So. Well, yeah, I love. I think the Saints community. I think the Saints community overall is Saints Twitter is kind of like Thunderdome, but like overall, I think the community for Saints like we have a great vibe. Yeah, and like are real supportive, and like when anybody wants me on, like I'll come on. And like I'm real supportive. Like I like there's nobody in Saints Twitter meet like Twitter Saints Twitter land or Saints Podcast land that like I dislike. I'm sure like they may have people that like dislike me or whatever, dislike what we do. But like I don't dislike anybody. And I like pretty much anybody that's that that wants me on, I'll have on because the thing is like. I got a seven-year-old kid and a wife, and they don't want to hear my saints. They don't want to hear my saints' <laughs> thoughts. So anybody that will listen to them, I will come on their podcast and talk to them. Well, look, we uh, here at Black and Gold BS, we're always supportive of you expressing these takes that nobody else wants to hear because like that's why we exist. We're going to do it again. We'll do it again in the middle of 2023 when the saints are winning and we'll just take, right. a vic- we'll take our victory lap from the, all the optimism. That's yeah, what we'll do. absolutely. Yeah. And we got to have you back on again, because I do want to talk to you about <laughs> your, your days in the media when you worked with buddy D. Radio. I think I, I can, I think I can tell the stories cause all the people are dead. Yeah. I actually, I will, <laughs> I'll tease, I'll tease our audience member. Um, and also Matt Budrich, who I'm sure is listening to this as well. Um, but uh, I actually have a Buddy D story that I could probably tell because uh, I think it's been long enough. But um, we'll save that for next time. Save, save, save for next time. I need to have uh, – we need to – I need to get Gus Cattengill on my podcast because he was one of the last people to work with Buddy and really oh. work with him. With him. And he knows them all. And I just think we need to cat- we need to catalog the Buddy D stories – before all the people are dead and all the people are dead or all the people who don't care about them. So we need to, we need to get them all. We need to get them on file. We need to get them out there because all the people that would care about them are all dying. Yeah. And there's like a younger generation. They're like, I don't care about buddy. This is some old guy who could barely talk. And now, so like we need to get all these stories on file for buddy D. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, there's been a couple of times I've just like, searched on youtube to see if i could find videos of him or like recordings of uh, the point after um because it's it's something that doesn't really exist it doesn't really exist and here's the thing like wwl like they didn't do a good job of archiving stuff like even saints games and stuff they didn't really do a good job of archiving like so like it's like like gus Cattengill did it and he had like great buddy D sound bites on the computer in the office of WWL. I don't know if he ever kept them, but like the, the, like the archiving at WWL, it wasn't the greatest. So like, there's not these buddy D like moment. There's some of them, but there's not enough of them. 
Oh my god! I hope well, they're doing. I hope they're doing a better job now with like Bobby Abair and stuff. But uh, they didn't do a good job with Buddy B. Yeah. Well, we'll uh, we'll chop it up about Buddy. I, I worked with Jim Henderson, so I've got a few oh, Jim yeah. Henderson there stories too. He's oh. not as much of a character as Buddy was, but still, uh, <laughs> still something something that people probably want to hear. But all right, we we got to wrap it up because I'm hungry. I haven't eaten dinner yet, and it's also very late where you are. That's so. right. Uh, for Sean Haspel and Ralph Marlboro, thank you so much for coming on. I'm Jacob Krasno, and this has been Black and Gold BS, the Irreverent Saints podcast from Boutro Media. Until next time, who dat? Who dat? Who dat?